Let's start our discussion of this year's Parsha's Matos Masse, our double Parsha of the summer, Tufshin Ayin Bays. Again, broadcasting here from Kim Kaley, and we will get into the beginning of the Parsha right at the beginning. First Pasuk in the Parsha. Moshe says to the Rashi Matos, to the heads of the Shvatim, This is what Hashem told me, and we get into Halachas of Nidarim. Ishki Hashem, a person has to keep their word and all the details of how a father could get rid and break the daughter's nether, how a husband could get rid of a wife's nether, all the details of Meseches Nedarim. Asks the Rashbam, or rather the Rashbam was asked in source number one, this is a very unusual way of starting a parsha, maybe unique. Nishalti ba'anyov b'krach luzdun. According to Pshuto Shalmikra, which we know the Rashbam was was uh, known for, the Rashbam has a famous piece which we mentioned in the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev, where he writes that he spoke to his grandfather Rashi, who told him that if he would have more time in his life, he would write another psha, another commentary on Chomish, more Pshuto Shalmikra, but he just didn't have enough time. So the Rashbam took over where his grandfather, his mother's father, Rashi, left off, and the Rashbam deals with many times Pshuto Shalmikra. So he asks, the Pshat, where do you ever have a parsha that does not start off by Dabar Hashem Moshe Leimar? Instead, here Moshe starts talking, and if we want to say, well, we know the beginning of this section is really at the end of the previous parsha, that doesn't really help us. The end of the parsha says by Yomer Moshe Bnei Yisrael. No, that's the, that's an ending. Moshe told Bnei Yisrael everything previously, and then we start off, Eidabar Moshe, Rashi notes at the end of last week's parsha that that was a hefsik pasik to say that Moshe told over everything he was supposed to say, and this is new. So he asks the Rashbam, how does this start? Moshe starts off as if Moshe is saying something that he wasn't commanded. How could this be? And we know, just ironically, he doesn't quote this, but ironically, this is the Pasuk that we learn Moshe Rabbeinu's unique status as a Navi, one of the Pesukim. As Rashi here quotes, we quoted this uh, a few years ago, Rashi quotes that other Nevi'im were misnabeh with a Lashon of Ko, Ko Amar Hashem. Moshe was Zehadavr, with full clarity. So, so this is the source, one of the sources of the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah, and yet this is the one time where we don't have explicitly that Hashem told Moshe to say this. Says the Rashbam, Vizu So two answers, one from the Rishonim and one from the Achronim. Says the Rashbam, Vizu Tshuvasi, line 5. You're right, you can't go back one Pasuk, but go back two Pesukim. If you go back two Pesukim, in second to last Pasuk of Parshas Pinchas, we have as a summary Pasuk of the entire Perachavtes, which is all about the Karbanus Musaf of all of Perachavtes, Perachavtes, really it starts with Perachavtes, with the Karban Tamid and Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh and all the Yom Tovim, as the summary Pasuk that the Torah tells us, Elu Ta'asul Hashem, this is Moshe Rabbeinu talking, Elu Ta'asul Hashem Moadechem, this is what you shall do on your holidays, on your Moadim for Hashem, Levad, these Chiyuvim, Musafin are besides all your voluntary karbanas. All of your nidarim and nidavas, all of these karbanas are besides besides those. Says the Rashbam, our pasik has to be read in light of that Pasik. Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, make sure to bring all of your promised karbanos besides the ones that you have to bring on Yantif. As we know halachically, how long does one have to bring their promised karbanos? You have different deus in the Tanaim, but one has to bring it by a certain yontif. Either the third yontif from wherever you are, or the third yontif of the cycle, always starting with Pesach, whatever the shita is, but it has to do with the Chagim. So suggest the Rashbam on a Pshuto Shemikro level that it's all, this whole parsha is connected to the previous section where Moshe tells them, keep the, uh, bring the Karbanas Musaf and bring all of your Nadarman and make sure you bring them properly because the limits are 
Anyantif. Vizutu Vasi, now let's see it inside. Line five. Lamalaksiv Elutasulashem Modechem. Levan me Nidrichem and Vosechem. These is what you should bring besides all your Nadarman Dov. Sha'atem Srichim Lahavi. Be'echon Mishalosh Regalim, Mishum Balta Acher. You have to bring by one of the Chagim. So you don't you violate the Isra Balta Acher, as it says in Rosh Hashanah. So Moshe told the Rashi Amatas, Lahoros Lisovarim. It's all a continuation. It's all a hemshech. You have to know Hilchas Nadar, and that's an outgrowth and a connected halacha to the Chagim. So, on a Pshutosh micro level, says the Rashbam, you got to read the end of Pinchas with the beginning of Matos. Ramosha Feinstein, though, has another idea. Ramosha says in source number two, so the Rashbam was on a Pshat level, Rav Moshe is on a Musr level. Why doesn't it say, Hashem told Moshe? You only know it from Moshe Rabbeinu's explanation to the, um, exclamation to them. Of course Hashem told Moshe. But why doesn't it say it in the Torah? Laharos, to teach us something about the content of this parsha. Shehutzivui behechrech shei efshar beloze. Shekalecha tsarech lahavin sheaser lamechaladibur shenitan rak laadam bardas v'sheyesh lo neshama. This parsha is about keeping one's word. This parsha is about not saying something and then violating what one says in the positive or in the negative. This should be something that is so obvious to us, as if Hashem didn't command it. As if Moshe, is, it's so obvious to us, to Moshe, is telling us. Uh, again, you can say this by many mitzvahs, that it should be so obvious to us. Why did Hashem have to tell us, Lord Sertzach? Okay, fine. You can ask us by, any, by many mitzvahs. But, at least this is the message by one. Maybe you could say, it's so obvious, but it's not so, so obvious. By so, so obvious, Lo Sertzach, so it says it anyway, even though it's so obvious. But here is something that you might have said isn't in that category. Says the, says Ramosha Feinstein, it's in that category. It should be as if we didn't have to be commanded about keeping our word, making sure that we're mekayim, everything that we say. Because as Ramosha says, that is what makes us unique. That is what is... Um, the special quality given to the to the human race, right? As the Kuzari talks about, the domain, we are the Medaber. That's the special quality that is given to us only to a person, as Ramosha says, who's a Bardas and he has a Neshama. And this is as, says Ramosha, as I explained elsewhere regarding the Sugya of Adam Zomimin. Adam Zomimin, Adam that come to Bezdin and try to put somebody, give somebody a punishment making up a, a total story. Even if they were b'shogeg, they didn't know it was usher to, to give false testimony. Why? Because again, some things are obvious. So again, keeping one's word, you might not have thought was obvious, but Ramosha says maybe that's why the tzibli is left out. It's as if Hashem didn't command it, even though we know it's counted as one of the mitzvahs losa say, and the parshas mitzvahs say of Nadarim, you should know it by the Zomamin, and you should know it by Parshas Nadar. Okay, that starts us off. Two answers to the question of why there is no by at the beginning of, of our Parsha. Okay. There's an interesting mitzvah that's learned out of our Parsha. Matos Mase, there are a couple of mitzvahs tucked in here at the end of Sefer by Midbar. And if you look throughout the Rambam, you will not find this mitzvah. This mitzvah is not counted by the Ramban, but only, as we will see, by the Ramban. Pasik Lam Paraklamid Aleph, Pasik Zayin. Again, what do we have? We have the section of Nadarim, and then we get into the section of the war against Midian, which we'll talk about uh, for a couple of moments tonight. Paraklamid Aleph, Pasik Zayin. What does the Pasik say? Right, the uh, all of Bnei Yisrael split up, and Moshe sends Pinchas. Pinchas is the leader. A thousand per shevet osam. Ves Pinchas ben Elazar hakohen latzava uklei hakodesh hachatzotzot shro biyado. He sends Pinchas with the with the um, the weapons and the chatzotzot vayitzbu al midyan. They encamped against Midian. Ka'asher tziva Hashem es Moshe. They were for the word tzava. 
They were acted like soldiers on Midian, like Hashem called Moshe. Like Hashem told Moshe, Pashas, what do you say that means? Hashem told Moshe to fight Midian. We fought Midian. After all, they were macht, they were machtias, right? They caused us to sin, uh, for based on the advice of Bilam, even though that's not explicit in the in the Torah, but we know at the end of the parsha that um, we we fell, and we'll get to later in the parsha. Later in the Torah, where we talk about the death of of Bilam because of what he did, says the but so the pashas of the pasuk is that we we fought against Midian, like Hashem told Moshe. The Medrash though has a deeper drasha based on this pasuk Zion. Vayitzbu al Midian, they they dafka fought the, fought the war against Midian as commanded. If you look in the Ramban in source number three, the Ramban in Mitzvah Chamishis, we know all the Rishonim count six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs. But nobody agrees what those mitzvahs are. The Chidach agrees with the Rambam most of the time. But the Smag and the Smak and the Ureim and the Rambam and the Ramban, they all have their own countings. They all believe, though, there are 613. So the Ramban knocked out a lot of the Rambam's mitzvahs. So he has to add in a number of mitzvahs in order to add up to 613. So in the fifth mitzvah's assay that the Ramban adds on to the Rambam, says the Ramban, we are commanded when we besiege a city. We cannot totally besiege a city. We have to leave a little escape route. We're not allowed to totally enclose a city. So if they want to run out of the city and surrender, they'll run out doesn't mean that we have to leave ourselves at risk. No, it doesn't mean that. That's how you're going to fight a war. But it means if we are in control and they, we want to leave a little area where they could run away, so, and we'll capture the city, we could do that. Because we are commanded to act with compassion. Even with our oivim. Again, what, what are we, who are we talking about here? We're not talking about Amalek. There's special mitzvahs by Amalek. We're not talking about the Zayin Amamin here. But anyone else, where there is no specific mitzvah against them, we have to leave a side open. Ubo o tikun sheniftach lohem pesach sheivrechu Oh, stop there for... Oh, let's just read it and then we'll get back to it. Also, this helps. Leave them open at Pesach. And they won't try to stand up against us. We'll get back to that. But it's based on our Pesach. And the Medrash Darshans, as if we know it's Kasher Tziv Hashem is Moshe. Hashem told Moshe, and then Moshe have the, has them fighting. So what do we need this Pasuk for? So we darshan in this Sifri, Hekifu Mishalash Ruchoseha. They surrounded by three. Veinzu mitzvah shah Midyan. This is not only a mitzvah by Midyan. Avalhi mitzvah ledoros. Bechol milchames harishus. With any milchames harishus, this applies. That is the mitzvah according to the Ramban. Good. Points out the Meshachachma. You don't need a Meshachachma for this. The Meshachachma points out that the Rambam does not count this. The Meshachachma notes in source number four: Haramban b'sefer mitzvahs mana mitzvahs asay hachtu darsh b'sefri kasher siv Hashem as Moshe. The Tam, but the Rambam doesn't count it. But if you look in the Rambam, the Meshachachma points out. I didn't give it to you. But if you look at the Rambam, the Rambam himself quotes it. He quotes the Medrash. He just doesn't have it as a separate mitzvah. So what's the machlokas about? Why would you count it as a mitzvah or not? V'tam plutasam says the Meshachachma, the Haramban sover, de kemo dahaya mitzvah lavakish l'shalom. The Rabban says this is an operational mitzvah in terms of in terms of war. Just as we are commanded to open up to our enemies and ask for shalom, the kemot yeh mitzvah levakesh l'shalom, line 6, keno mitzvah l'achus al-nafsham, ulaniach l'mezit tzad l'hatz al-nafsham. Just like there's a mitzvah, part of tachsisei melchama is to ask for shalom, so too, we have to leave open at tzad. Ulaniach tzad echad panu ilios l'amakam levroach. Aval harambam's over, what's the rambam though? He doesn't count it as a mitzvah. The rambam quotes, the Meshachachme explains that it's more of an Eitzah Tova. It's just good advice. Do you open me ofaniyam alchama? Haidu limud bechukas alchama. Only good advice. Leaving open at tzad is good advice. Sheim yakifu osam mikol tzar. If mikol tzad, if we says the meshachach when the Torah is going into the psyche of the enemy, 
if we surround them on all sides, and they realize that it's almost all over, as history will show many times, when nations are up against the backs up against the wall, they fight harder, they push themselves because they know this. That's it. There's nothing. Uh, there's no other hope. They just gotta fight. The greatest yeyush could sometimes cause the greatest victory, and therefore we don't want them to feel like they have no hope. We don't want them to feel like, oh, it's all over. We have to try our best. If they feel like, oh, we're not at the end yet. Maybe then they will not try their hardest and they'll really be weak and they'll instead choose to run away. Just good advice and not to be counted as a mitzvah. Interesting machloka between the Ramam and the Ramban. Again, the Meshachachwa says the Ramam holds it as good advice. It's like, it's like a sports team which is down to their, right, it's the, the last game. Sometimes they, they play harder if they're if they're down. They're about to lose. Then in cases where they're not down to their final their final chance, says the rest. The Meshachachim explaining the Machlokas, and he says based on the language of the Sifri, he thinks the Rambam is correct not to count it as a mitzvah. Either way, interesting Machlokas. Um, one of the six thirteen, according to the Ramban, and the Rambam just thinks it's a good idea not counted as one of the six thirteen. That's one mitzvah. There's another mitzvah that's also learned out from this section of. Midyan, also counted by the Ramban, and that is the sugya, well, not only the Ramban, and others as well, the sugyas uh, relating to Kalim. Tvilas Kalim and Hagalas Kalim. Tvilas Kalim and Hagalas Kalim. We know Hagalas Kalim according to everyone, and Tvilas Kalim according to Samri Shonim. The Torah tells us in Pasach Chavalif, Vayomer Elazar HaKohen al Anshei HaTzava, Avayim LaMelchama, Elazar tells the Anshei HaTzava that came back from the Melchama, Zos Chukas HaTorah, these are the laws. Let me tell you these laws. Interesting that Elazar is talking and not Moshe Rabbeinu. Elazar was Zocha to say these. But Elazar says, these are the Chukim. Just thinking now, it's interesting that the previous Chok, the ultimate Chok in the beginning of Parshas Chukas, was Moshe Rabbeinu commanding it to be done by Elazar. The Skan Kohen Gadol is the one that does the Avoda of the Paraduma. And now Elazar has taken Moshe's place, and he is the one that is commanding about the Chok. And we go into all the different metals are listed. The six metals, not aluminum, right? That's not here. Big discussion in the Achronim is that included in one of the six? Is it not one of the six? Important for importance for uh, Kabbalah's Tumah. Says the Torah, called Davar Shayavo Beish, Tavir Beish, Vitaher, the Halachas of Agolas Kalim, anything that got non kosher through fire. So the way that it is kosher is with fire. Anything that was just became non kosher through cook through uh, not fire through water, then you put hot water on it. Hagala, okay, all the Halachas of Hagolas Kalim. Interesting that it's called a Chok. Zos Chukas HaTorah, ask the Chafetz Chaim. What's what's so what's the chok nature of Hagalas Kalim? No, you would think if something becomes treif in a certain way, so that's how it becomes untreif. That's how you remove the the problematic taste. Why is that such a such a chok like Paraduma has all these explanations that it's so illogical, running against what we would have thought? So we the Hagalas Kalim is so so unusual. Kabolo kachpolto as it goes in, that's how it goes out. We wouldn't. Uh, it's pretty sounds pretty straightforward. Says the Chavetz Chaim in his Hakdama to Lukuti Alachas, which is he has a few Hakdamas to Lukuti Alachas, which is his Sefer on Seder Kachim. You know the uh, the Chavetz Chaim many many times he, he wrote all about the importance of learning everything, but especially Seder Kachim. So he wrote a riff on Seder Kachim, a riff like Sefer on Seder Kachim called Lukuti Alachas, and all the areas of Shas where the riff did not write because one wasn't Alachal Maisa. So all the Sedarim in Kachim, but he also wrote the parts of Mesecha Sota that weren't Lamaisa and the um, other areas, some other Mesechtas, but he wrote on Me'ila and Arachid and, and many of the others. So there, in the Hagdami quotes, why is it that this is called a Chok? Says the Chavetz Chaim, is quoted in source number five. There's a deeper element here that is being hinted to in these Psukim, not just Hagalas Kalim. 
line eight. Vadvaram Srichim Bir. Hari Parjas Hagala, he Dabash Sechal Machaivo. Hakomi Vinim Shekabola Kachpolta. We all understand. As it goes in, that's how it goes out. Imabliya ena chazaka kolkach, koche nivoy de har sacha, dai Why is that so difficult to understand? Why is it called a chok? Says the Chavetz Chaim. Al piha amur, top of the next page, yesh lomar. Let me explain. Shatora ba'al lirmos lanu, kan al ha'inyin hanosef shebeparsha zu. The Torah is teaching us and hinting to us an obvious point, but it's taught to us here. And that is Hagalah, the fire. The fire of, the, the literal fire that kashas kalim, but there's those chukas ha-Torah. This is also the chok of what Torah does to a person. If a person jumps into the fire of Torah, Torah is compared to fire, Torah is compared to water, the Ramah by the end of Seder, Sefer Torah talks about the mehadas that is symbolized by the Torah. So, says the Chafetz Chaim, Hagalah ha-Naasis al Yidei ha-Torah. We magil ourselves. We 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 send ourselves back into the kiln when we go to the base medrash. Hatorah doma lemikveh mayim hametaris atuma hamarachefes al nefesh adam ibachutz. We are different people when we learn after we've learned. Viafilu harbe ashma v'nitzvah kolivarik nafshu mibefnim umibachutz. Even if we have many areas where we must improve on. And we've been metame our areas. A love laharbos peisek atorah shimsha laish. We have to make sure that we're marbe Torah, which is compared to fire. V'ze yo illo lahachshiras nafsho v'liflot mi menas kol hakolchas atuma miflamba, and that itself is like going to a symbolic mikvah, the mehadas, and not just the water, the fire of Torah. Eish does, as the Medrash says, if somebody was chote, if somebody sinned, obviously they have to do tshuva, but along with tshuva is learning, as the Medrash, he quotes in the Tanchuma, Imlamur l'shanos perak echad, yishne shnei prakim, imdav echad, yishne shnei dafim. The katzib of Amelus, even one time, but obviously, if somebody could could have the kvius, that could change who the person is. L'chein, kashabah Lazar HaKohen, lomarli Yisrael parshas hagala. That's why, when Lazar HaKohen is telling me Yisrael about hagala, he says, this is what Torah does, those chukas ha-Torah. Klomar, kala parshazu, all these halachas, hagolas kelim, and tavir ba'esh, that's relating to the mikveh mayim and the esh of Torah, and this is what purifies us. This is how we're supposed to look at Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam. It's not just a mitzvah that one does. The crown of Torah, as we know, the mission Perkiavos, and the Rambam quotes it, the three crowns that are open to the Jews, two of the three are not open to all Jews. The Keser Kuhuna is only if you're a Kohen, Keser Malchus, but those are obvious. Kuhuna and Malchus we know is a status. Keser Torah, the Chavetz Chaim is telling us, is also a status. A crown always symbolizes status. So Torah symbolizes that, the crown of Torah symbolizes that it could be a status that we could take part in. The more we learn, the more we can be we can be purified and and changed and brought, brought closer to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. As we mourn tonight the um, the passing of one of our our Gedoli Hadog Poskim, Rav Yashiv was one that every picture that was ever taken with him, Kimat every picture that I've seen of him, he was learning. Wasn't even looking at the camera. He was learning. There wasn't a second. That was Mamish who he was. He was learning. Obviously, he was the Posek Adar, but he was learning. And that's he had the the Kesser Torah. Kasser Torah that was passed to him for the past 102 years, and Kal Yisrael should be zocher to to learn from the Amelus of such a uh, such a Gadol Hador. Okay, moving right along to the next major section of the parsha, as we know, Ruvain and God, and later on Chatsi Shevet Menashe. We go through all the numbers of the spoils that were split up amongst Kal Yisrael and Levi, and then we get to Paraklam and Beis. Many questions that could be asked on this section, we'll deal with just a number of them. B'nei Gad and B'nei had a lot of animals. That's, how the, that's the first detail that we know. That already tipped Chazal off to what was going on here. That's how you start off. There were a lot of animals. So is that a positive or a negative? Is that alluding to that they should have been too, she shouldn't have been too focused on their animals? Or is that just saying, no, you have to understand, they had a lot of animals. 
So, interesting. Leaves it purposely ambiguous. Vayiru as Eretz Yazer, Vayiru Eretz Gilad, they come to a land, and plenty of room, and they come to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they say, this land is, is Eretz Mikneh, Valvadecha Mikneh, you know, please, you please give this to your servants, Al Ta'avirenu Atayarde. Question one. What is the connection this is juxtaposed. Obviously, it might have happened historically together, but we can still ask the question, what is the connection between Paraklam and Aleph and Paraklam and Beis? The connection between the war in Midian and Benigonim and Eruvain. Torah juxtaposes the two of them right next to each other. Question one. Question two, again, which is asked by many, Moshe Rabbeinu is irate. Moshe Rabbeinu is extremely upset in his reaction to this request. Even more than we would think he would be. Sounds like they you know, found a good piece of land. You're right. right? It's not Eretz Yisrael. You're right. That was... But Moshe Rabbeinu screams. We're going to war. You're going to stay here? Right? I'm okay here. Let other Jews fight battles. Let other Jews, you know... Uh, no, go against the enemy. No, I, I'm comfortable where I am. I'm comfortable where I am. You're causing people not to want to go into Eretz Yisrael. Right? It's not, not something that only happens uh, in that generation. Many generations. That's what your forefathers did 40 years ago, 38 years ago. You are reliving the Miraglim, Moshe Rabbeinu says. And they convinced others not to go. Very angry at them. And you're doing it. This is many, many psukim devoted to the anger that Moshe Rabbeinu showed Reuven God. And, and later on, again, half of Menashe was, that they're not mentioned here. That's why I, I'm... Stop myself from mentioning at least Reuven and God right now. Half of Menashe com- comes in later. But then they say to Moshe, calm down, we're okay, we're going to help. Why? What was so upsetting? Yes, but Moshe could have said, he could have clarified first, do you plan to come with us? But no, he started screaming at them. So number one, what's the connection between the two parshas? And number two, what is the, why was Moshe so upset at them? So first, one small thought, second, Meshachachma of the night. This is an unusual Meshachachma. The Shem Atov calls this Meshachachma Ksas Muzar, but we'll do the Meshachachma, and then we'll see the Shem Atov's own idea about these about these questions. It says the Meshachachma, beginning of Lamed Beis, Nira Smichus Habarsha. What is the connection between the war in Midian and the discussion of Reuven God and Moshe Rabbeinu? Daha. We don't usually think about this detail. Says the Meshachachma, the men of Reuven and God were going to be without their wives for 14 years. That's a very long time. And on the battlefield is not the most, you know, quiet and able to sit and learn and keep focused and keep spiritual. As we know on the battlefield, there are even certain leniencies that one is allowed, one is allowed to, to, to have in terms of the Goran Ervin talks about and it's Yadayim and other certain mitzvahs which are hard, and the most extreme being uh, obviously Yifas Torah. But ask, ask the Meshachachma, how can Moshe Rabbeinu, right, the whole story that he says, what do you, you want to stay here? You know, you can leave them here but you have to come. Wasn't Moshe a little worried about, about the uh, Reuven and God? You know, they're, they're human, they're not like him. There are special tzivuyim about the soldier in the battlefield. It's not so easy. Sometimes it's needed, but it's not so easy. Moshe Rabbeinu, says the Meshachachma, was not worried because of the previous section, the previous parsha. Not one man was killed on the way. They all returned from the war. And Chazal Darshan, they all returned from the war because they were all also spiritually inspired and connected. So he wasn't worried. Okay, 
That was the Meshachachma that he saw. They all came back, so he's not worried about sending them out without their wives for 14 years. Good. That's the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma does not like this Pshat. Does not think that this is um, the depth. He thinks there's something deeper here. Line 5. Uga, oh, he just says, Vigaon kamahu yacholomar dvarim ke'ilu. You know, someone like Meshachachma can say that. I can't suggest such a thing. Meshachachma said it, and, and he said it. Obviously, there are deep, deeper meanings behind what he said. But I'm going to have another suggestion to explain the connection between Midian and Negad and Benoi Ruvain. He starts off Derech Agav telling a story. I think we might have mentioned it in one of our Shiurim in the Mitzvah Shir, in the Parsha Shir, one of our Shiurim, story about the Sfasemes, that one time he was learning very late at night, and... He was in the middle of a sugya. He was Balayla, and he got involved in the sugya. It was most of the night. He was he stayed up, and finally, towards the end of the night, he was he was exa- he was uh, fell asleep, and he fell asleep like to four or five in the morning. And he came uh, he came to shul, not when he usually came to shul. Doesn't say when he came to shul. Maybe a little later. After davening, his grandfather Chlushi Arim came over to him. So we know Chlushi Arim, the first Gera Rebbe, and the Svasemis, the uh, the the, uh, the middle one wasn't really uh, wasn't really the Rebbe. So the Chlushi Arim, the Svasemis took over after Chlushi Arim. Chlushi Arim came over to his grandson and said, "No, why were you late to shul?" And the Svasemis could have said easily, "I was I was up till four in the morning learning the Ksos. right?" But he doesn't say a word. He listens to his grandfather giving him tochacha. Doesn't say a word. And after this, the, the Chlushi Arim left, his friend says to him, why don't you say something? Why don't you say that you were sitting and learning? Obviously, learning can't take the place of Shachris. Right? The Chavaz Chaim used to turn off the lights in the base manager to make sure it's the Yitzhahara that he's learning up, is staying up so late. But here, Mistami he came on time, just a little late. So, why didn't he tell his grandfather? So, Sfas Emma said, What does that mean? But Egon and Ben-Ruve could have interrupted Moshe Rabbeinu also. Moshe starts screaming at them, You are staying here, and you're not... Moshe, 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 wait! We're, of course we're going. Of course we're going along. What do you expect? What, do you think we're going to leave? But they didn't interrupt. They were... Moshe Rabbeinu was giving them a Moshe Shmuz? I'm going to listen. Listen to the Moshe Shmuz. This is says, My grandfather, Lucia Rim, is giving me a Moshe Shmuz? I'm going to listen. Okay. Adkan Divrei Hasipur, that's the story. doesn't really connect to exactly what he's going to say, but interesting story, and it does connect a little bit. There is a deeper idea here with Moshe Rabbeinu's Tochacha, and that is, Debeemes, he asks our question, Why was Moshe Rabbeinu so irate, and he spent so much time screaming at them, they were already going to go to war. What was he so upset about? There was something deeper about Moshe Rabbeinu's words. Ella de Nira, line 18, to Moshe Rabbeinu hevin me'atzmo. Moshe understood. To be God v'rubeim muchanam lehechalaitz chushim Moshe knew that they were ready. They were ready to go with Klai Yisrael. He knew they were ready today. He knew the feeling was there today. He knew right now they felt inspired and connected and they want to go. El Dechashuv. But Moshe says, what's going to happen in, in five years from now? In ten years from now? What's going to happen? It's a long time. Are they going to feel the same way? Not my wife, my children, my animals. El Dechashuv. You know, what we already conquered. They're just splitting up now. What do I have to stay here for? They fit, they did the Shevesh Kilshu. I had to stay for the Shevesh Hilku also. El Dechasha Moshe realized the Ba'avur Zman Mesuyam Ya'avar Gam Hislahavusam. It's natural that inspiration and feelings wear off. And they will be cooled from their strong decision. Through many excuses and defenses. And Moshe, they could do it without me. We stayed. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I need a way to instill in them and imbue in them I'm not, I'm not leaving. I am not leaving until the job is done. Moshe screamed and screamed and screamed to make sure that even if at one moment in six and a half years from now, they start having second thoughts, they'll rem- remember Moshe's words. Because you know what? Moshe Rabbeinu won't even be around anymore. Right? Moshe will be long gone. Moshe has said, I have to do something to make sure 
that these feelings stay. Through screaming at them, he wanted to keep them inspired and strong until after the whole section of history was finished. Nimsu, his words made such a roshem on their hearts. When Moshe Rabbeinu screams at you, even if Moshe Rabbeinu looks at you, this was somebody whose face was shining. He screamed at you for ape sukim, it never left. It never left. It was it was in, burned into the souls of Ruvain and God. And maybe that's the same shot that Chlushia Rim, you know, why the Spasemas didn't want to stop. He wanted Chlushia Rim's words. You know, I, I want to hear his tochacha. Says the Shemanatov. Maybe that's the connection. What did Moshe Rabbeinu just do in the previous section? The Midyan. What happened? They came back from the Mocham and Moshe was upset at them. What happened to them in the battlefield? They went out to kill Belam. Oh, these are women. These are women, says Moshe. They were the ones that caused the problems in the first place. Moshe says you had the feelings on your way out to war, but they obviously cooled. And therefore Moshe had to reinvigorate them to make sure that they realized they were, these were the machtim. These women would like nothing better than for all these men to fall prey to their Averis and to the Yetzirahs. Uberog is God otan alayhem. Echef sharishlo hargoaz anashim. Ha'ashem ha'bachet ba'al pa'or. They're the one that caused it. So both in the section of Midian, and in the section of Bnei Gadam Ruvain, Moshe Rabbeinu was out to bring the feelings, either re- return the feelings, or to make sure the feelings stay about something deep that needed to be, needed to uh, stay put in the hearts of Klal Yisra. Okay, we understand his words. We have to give equal time to each section, each parsha. That's the halacha. As we know, the halacha, the, the split in the parshios, we have three aliyahs in each, and then the middle aliyah is split amongst the two parshas. But we have to move on to parshas Masay. Parshas Masay, the last parsha in Sefer Bamidbar. Elu Masay B'nai Yisrael, Asher Yatsum, Mitzrayim. These are the Masos, Litzevosam, Biyan Moshe, V'yaharon. Good. Question that we dealt with before, but now we will deal with again. Why the need? Right, the further Ramban, at the beginning of the parsha, we've quoted in the last year, two years ago. The Ramban asks, you know, why do we have to have know all forty-two masos? Just say they traveled to the midbar. We know most of them, or not, some of them at least, from the other. What not, what happened at these places? What happened? We don't know a lot, a lot, a lot of what happened. A couple of them. So the Ramban quoted the Rambam that maybe we we should make sure that there are those that after a miracle occurs, later in history, they try to downplay and minimize the miracle that happened. Right? We see it in our generation. There are those that say that the first Gulf War in 1990, 1991, right? There were no miracles there. No miracles. Yet all this, the um, tremendous size of the Scud missiles, the 39 Scud missiles, and not one person that, that was killed directly. 1967, Nisim and Right? But over time, people try to play it down. Says the Ramban, he says, quoting the Rambam, nobody should play down the miracle of taking two million people throughout the desert. The Torah lists off exactly where the places were to make sure that you know they were exactly in these places. These places in the middle of nowhere. They weren't near any Yishuv. They weren't near civilization. One should make sure that we know what, where exactly they were. That's what the Rambam quotes, the Ramban. The Rashi, first one, we didn't, should, should have done Rashi first. Rashi quotes, Why are these all here? To be modia the chesed of Hashem, sha'af al pisha gazer aleim l'tal talamu l'haniyam b'midbar. Even though we were we were moved around and we had to wander, right? Forty years of wandering. Really, it wasn't forty years of wandering. Lo tomar shahayu na'imu mutul talimi masalamatzak al abam shana. We shouldn't think that forty years we didn't have menucha. There were only forty-two. There were fourteen. Tzemehem Yudalid. Shekulam Hayu Bashana Rishana Kodem Gzera. There were fourteen. That takes us down to twenty-eight left. Mishanazem Iravsi Zashabal the Rishma. Shemisham Ishtachol Meraglim. And the Chulu the Chulu. Vaod Hotzi Misham Chesmaso. Shayul Achar Misas Aaron. And another eight. Right. So we went from twenty-eight to another eight. So twenty left. 
20 left. So in 38 years, Nimsach, Koshmona, Vishloshim Shara, Lonasu, Ala Esser Masos. 20 places they went to in 38 years. So they stayed at least a year, even more than a year. Right? In uh, almost two years in every place. That's not, if you don't have to take, you don't have to take stuff your bookcases and you're not schlepping a, what are you taking? You're taking a couple of kalim, you're taking a shovel. Right? You're not taking, uh, food. Right? Not taking, so, it, have to realize they weren't traveling so much for most of the time they went and they stayed put so that's Rashi Rashi Ramban a couple of other new ideas three new ideas for this year two of them are found in the words of Rav Nissen Alpert which we will see first in the Limud Nisan. says Rav Nissen Alpert in source number nine why? why do we have to have them listed specifically Yachal Adam Lil Mod Harbei Says it is an Alpert. We always can learn a lot. From our falls. From our mistakes. We all remember certain things that we did in life that were learning experiences, hopefully. At the time, we were embarrassed. At the time, we wished that it hadn't happened. But we learned from our mistakes. Because through the mistakes, we realize what we have to work on and where we need to improve. And we realize where we faulted. But a person or a whole group, or a nation, it's not pleasant, though, to remember our mistakes. Our hates every year are not pleasant. Yes, we learn from our mistakes, but it's painful to think about it. And therefore, personally, nationally, what do we do? We try to cover him up. We try to rewrite history a little bit. We start beautifying our past and and making crooked the occurrences. I'm going to focus on the good. Maybe I'm, I'm supposed to focus on the good of others. But for myself, I'm not supposed to only focus on the good. The whole purpose of the learning from mistakes will then not be fulfilled because I won't remember them. And sometimes it'll be some, so convincing. Sometimes children even. They're so convinced in their mind that something else happens that it didn't happen in their minds. They're, because they're not objective, but we ourselves... We're all, we're all children. We all sometimes have that mentality. Right? And then we lose the whole purpose of the experience. The whole, the whole to'elas that could come out of it. Says Hashem, put all the masos in the Torah. Why? All men based masos. Because the names, if you look in various mafarshim, if you look in the targumim, Yonatan Menuziel, every place is not just a place. Every place is an event. As we know from Rashi, the beginning of Dvarim. Right, but we know all the places, Mara and Paran and uh, uh, all the places. Ve'alzeh, Hashem says, put the places down. Don't rewrite history. Learn from one's mistakes. Number one. Number two. We'll skip the middle one right now. Go to line 11. Ve'oli madnu, small point, but very crucial. Shekshanu nimsa'im bamidbar hagoyim bagalus. Says Rav Nisan Alpert. When we're not in our own land, Neda, we always need to know that this is just one spot on the travels until we get to Eretz Yisrael. 42 Masaos, they were all Masaos. They were never, not one of them was a destination. All of them, each of them were just a stop along the way going to Eretz Yisrael. Says in an airport, every place since Chorben Bayesheni has been a stop along the way and we must view it as a stop. Those 40, 42 places were just Tachanot, they were stops. So to every spot is a tachana except one. There, Eretz Yisrael was the goal. That was the ultimate. And 
so too in our day, Eretz Yisrael is the goal. That is the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Shechina is, Kimitzion Teisei Torah, and that is where we need to realize that is the only goal of the Jewish people. Good. So, number one, to remember our mistakes so we can learn from them. Number two, to remember that every place is only a stop and not the goal. Number three, a third idea suggested by, not such a common source for a parshashir, the Radvaz. The Radvaz in his commentary on the Rambam. Not only mentioned by the Radvaz, but I gave it to you from the Radvaz. Let's read a Rambam together. A Rambam that quotes another mitzvah that we get to talk about. A losa say that appears three times in the Torah. Says the Rambam, where can a Jew live? We were just saying, the best place a Jew can live is in Eretz Yisrael. But where can a Jew live other than Eretz Yisrael? Basically anywhere in the world. A Jew wants to live in Australia. Maybe somebody out there is listening on Australia. A Jew wants to live in anywhere he wants. A Jew can live in Kalamazoo. There's only one place in the world that halachically, well, besides for Tumentara purposes, besides Harabayas, a person can't live on Harabayas either, but besides Tumentara purposes, there's one place a Jew can't live, and that is in Mitzrayim. Says the Rambam, in Hilchas Malachim, Perakei HaLachazayim, Umutur Lishkon B'chol HaOlam Chutz Me'eretz Mitzrayim. A person can live anywhere in the world except for Egypt. Min Ayama Gadol HaMa'aravi, Arba Meos Parsa, Al Arba Meos Parsa, Kineged Eretz Kush, Ukineged Amidbar, Hakol Azul is Yashiba. Quotes a couple of borders of Egypt. Ubishlosha Mekomos is Eretor Shalashim Mitzrayim. Very unusual for the Rambam to quote a Chazal like this. There are three times the Torah repeats it to make sure you know that this is a serious Isser. Lo Tosifim Lashuba Derechazeod. Lo Tosif O Lerosa. Lo Tosifim Lerosa Moda Olam. Don't come back here. The Rambam quotes all three. The Alexandria, Bechlal Ha'isr. Alexandria is included in the Isser, says the Rambam. Just in case we thought otherwise. The Rambam continues, If you're taking a business trip, you're allowed to go to Egypt. And if you're, if you're uh, doing battle. You only are not allowed to go there if you plan to be live there, to stay there. You don't get malchus for this iser. Because the moment you go in, maybe you're just going for business. You're not going to be. You're just going to. You're going to visit. You're just going to as a tourist. There's no iser to go. Uh, to go. If somebody wants to go see the pyramids, there's no iser. There's no iser to go. Only the So when you went in, there's no. There's no iser. And when you decide, there's no Misa. Okay, so you don't get malchus. It's still Asad Isa. And then there are Mamez Vier Ali that if the Malach Yisrael wants to expand the borders of Eretz Yisrael and encompass the uh, Mitzrayim, then it will be okay, but that's not for now. Says the Radvaz, Vien Tomar, Alma, where it's underlined on the third line, Alma Samcholishkon Mitzrayim. How is it that we have major Jewish populations throughout history in Mitzrayim? Even in the Gemara, the Gemara in Sukkah discusses that there were such you, tremendous shuls in Mitzrayim, Rashi quotes us also, Mazakas Brachas, that they used to have flags to know exactly when to say Amen. Those are tremendous shuls. So they know, as, as a big Shiloh, do they know which Bracha they're saying Amen to? Are you allowed to say Amen to a Bracha that you don't, you don't hear? That, that, that's Alexandria. And you don't even have to run to the Gemara. The Rambam! The Radvaz! They all lived in Mitzrayim. So ask the Radvaz, how is it? So we'll skip the first answer, because that's the one that relates to us. Let's do some of the other answers first. Skip down to line 6. As the Rambam himself says, maybe the only answer is, as we know, if you go there to live there permanently. Maybe many of the people that live there didn't go down there in mind to stay there. They went down temporarily. And even though afterwards they ended up staying there, there's no Malchus, it's just an Isidaraisa. Basically, no answer. They didn't worry so much about it because it's not an Isra Malchus. Okay, we'd rather not say that about such so many Jews that, 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 that live there. So many great, great Baali uh, Hamasora that came from Mitzrayim. Okay, 
But then he says, line 22, okay, you want to suggest this for some others. V'yim tomar, tikshila rabbeinu, shahari nishtakeh b'mitzrayim. What about the Rambam? I don't want to say, oh, the Rambam was a choshes for the little Isser. He's only worried about the Isser laven with Malchus. The Rambam! V'yish lomar, fascinating. De'onus haya alpi ha-Malchus. Shahaya rofe lomelech v'hasarim. Ain brera. The Rambam took care of this, took care of the Sultan. He was the Sultan's personal doctor. So, well, he couldn't leave. He couldn't be Tzachadus Tafashis. He was taking care of the doctor. What was he supposed to do? Vigam Ani, says the Radvaz. Nis Yashavti Shamsman Marubalumo Torah. Ulalamda. I went there to learn. I don't know how the best yeshivas got there, says the Radvaz, but Lamai said they were there. So I went there in order to learn and to teach. The Kavati Sham Yeshiva, the Chiyagavna Mutter, Vishuv, Basib Yushalayim. But I came to Yushalayim after being in Egypt, says the Radvaz. Okay. But there's another suggestion. And that's the first suggestion the Ravaz gives, all the way back on top. The Yeshmi Shekazava line 4. Shalom Asra Torah Ela Bedera Chazeh. Klomar Me Eret Yisrael Lemitzrayim. Avol Mishara Ratzos Mutter. There are those that suggest that the only Isser is to go back to Mitzrayim from Eret Yisrael in the same exact path, following the footsteps backwards of B'nai Yisrael. How do we know what their footsteps were? Elamase B'nai Yisrael. The Masos are listed because of the Israel later in the Torah of going back to Mitzrayim. The Radvaz does not like this answer because he says only one of the Psukim says Baderech Hazeh Od. The other ones just say Asur Lashuv Mitzrayim. Lotosef Olerosa. Okay. But that's another suggestion which gives us another answer why the Masos are listed Again, either to remember our faults, number one, or to remember all they're all tachanot until you get to Eretz Yisrael. Those are the two from the Mudei Nisan. And the Rambam and the Radvaz, maybe the Isser is to limit the Isser of living in Egypt to those who go from Eretz Yisrael to Egypt following the paths backwards from uh, Bnei Yisrael's Kenisa. Okay, one more thought related to the Parsha and then one thought related to Inyana Dioma. Says the Pasik. Second pasuk in the parsha. That's all. That's as far as we're getting this year. The second pasuk in in Masse. Vayichtov Moshe. Moshe wrote et motza ehem lamasse ehem al pi Hashem. Moshe wrote their motza ehem according to their travelings al pi Hashem. Veila masse ehem lamotza ehem. And here they are. So question also that I think we asked last year from the Klayakar. What's the double lashon and what's the switch? First it says motza ehem lamasse ehem, and then it says masse ehem lamotza ehem. Switches. So the Klayakar has his idea. Tonight we'll go with Rav Zevin. Says Rav Zevin. Each of us, each Jew is writing a Sefer. We're all writing a Sefer. There's a Zohar I heard from Rav Asher Weiss. There's a Zohar that says that when we go to Shemayim, our Sefer is going to be right in front of us. Every page of the Sefer is another day of our lives. And it's our job, says the Zohar, to fill up as many pages in of that Sefer. We don't have any, too many blank pages. And we don't want to have to say, no, you can skip that page. Uh, that, that one's not so, not so great. We don't, we don't want to have to say that. We want to make sure that as many pages are full of mitzvahs. Right, I think it was from the Yidak Kaddish when he went to sleep at night, he thought to himself, if he didn't think he did enough mitzvahs, he'd make sure to just give stuck before he went to sleep. Just some mitzvah that, that to, to make sure our, our, our days are filled. Says Rav Zevin, we're each writing a Sefer. Zeh Sefer told us Adam, as the Pasuk says in Bracious. V'ha'adam ba'atzmo hu ha'kosei b'sefer, as kol todosav. V'yodim v'lo yodim, we're all writing. V'siftach ha'sefer ha'zachronos, like we like we say on the Yom Naraim. U'me'elav yikarei, one of the most, one of the most uh, frightening phrases that we say in Unasana Tokef. U'me'elav yikarei, it's going to read by itself. V'chosem yakal adam bo, our signature is going to be on every page. Right? There's not going to be any, uh, you know, you need Kim Shtaris. You don't need Kim Shtaris in Shemayim. No, because it's our signature. So we're writing a Sefer. We start off our life, says Rav Pincus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Motsi Ar Neshama from Shemayim, and he blows it into us. Elokai, Neshama, Shanasatabi, Tahori, Atabarasa, Shanafachtabi. Right, you gave it to us. It was Yotzei from Shemayim. And we take it with us through our travels through life. We start off with 
motzaehem lamaseihem. It goes out of Shemayim and it travels. Every stop along the way. So that's our life. Our life, we take the neshama that we are given, that was Yotzei from Shemayim, and we take it on our Masa'ot of life. What's the goal of life? The goal of life, says Rav Zevin, is through our Masa'ot to elevate our soul so that ultimately it could go back in purity, to where it came from. And that is, ve'ela mas'ehem, l'motza'ehem. As Rav Zevin says, matara sofiti, lo shekach yelech v'yisach, she is darder l'mata mata, not to get lower and lower. No, ela kavanahi yirida, sorech aliyah, to go down, in order to then, go up, through Torah and mitzvos. She nikvu b'chol advar magashvim sheba'olam, we take all of the, the sparks of Kedusha, in all of the Gashmias around us, and elevate it. Line 8, through our, through our travels, through the pages of our book, we go back to just like the Yachid, so too Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael in two senses. We started off, our goal, we went to Eretz Yisrael, we went out, the goal is to come back, to come back in. One might even go further. There are Midrashim that talk about, and the Gemara even talks about, that Eretz Yisrael was the beginning of creation. And the ultimate uh, goal of creation is also to, to end up in Eretz Yisrael. So that is, Motzo'ehem l'masehem, and then Masehem to Motzo'ehem. Okay, just to end with one thought, related to Yimei HaMetzarim, which we find ourselves in now, Find ourselves during the three weeks as we started last week. Shavasabatamas. This week will be the second of the Shlosha to Paranusa, the weeks before Tisha Ba'av. Twenty-one days, as we mentioned last week. Some some sources say the twenty-one days are connected to the twenty-one days between Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. But there's another idea. Says the Avodas Yisrael, quoted in the Yagdal Torah in Source 13. Twenty-one days mean twenty-one days and twenty-one nights altogether. Forty-two. Masse, many times, always, Masse always falls out during the three weeks. Many times, it's the second one. Kinegin membez masos, shetzorach laver bin hamitzarim, bekama masos, latakana kovalavodas Hashem. Forty-two travels, we have to look at every day and every night of this time period as a masa, as a stop, as a moment, then we have to see what could we be misakane to try to bring back the Geula, to try to bring back the Beis HaMikdash. Hagam shahazman grama lios Yes, it's a time that naturally we would be sad and cry. In true Hasidic form, it's also to bind to be mechazik ourselves. B'Torah u'b'tfilah b'simcha. Simcha. Simcha now? He gives a mashal. There's a king, a human king, who has everything that he could ever want. He has all the fruits and foods and simcha. And he has musicians that play all different types of instruments. When the king is happy and he's enjoying himself, he's in a great mood, he doesn't really need the musicians. He doesn't need the musicians. They're there on the side, but he's having a great time. He's making l'chaims. Wonderful. When do you need the musicians? When the king's not so happy. Sometimes he you know he gets a little sad. He's having a little blah day. Wake up, he's feeling he's like, oh, you know. We don't always have that inspiration. That's when he need those musicians, those misamchim, to come and be misameachim. The Khain Hanimsha line thirteen he says Kaviyachol el kedushasu yisbarach. Kaviyachol. We know the Gemara tells us at the beginning of Brachas, among the, among other places, Hakadosh Baruch Hu cries for the korban. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is upset. Shebevadei misharsa berakiyam an imelo makalsim shemo. Rak bismancha beis hamikdash charev yish etzev bebatei berai. So we have to do everything that we can to try to be misamech Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Obviously, to get the base of English back. But how else would we be to praise Him, to say, Hashem, we love you. You are our King. We know we don't have the, your house yet, but we want to serve you. Line 16. 
v'lomer lefanav atamal kenu meyolam v'gamachshav v'timloch laolam. Right, Atta Kadosh v'Shimcha Kadosh. Having kavanas in those in those brachas. V'akol ka'ayin egdecha. V'olu Moshiim bar Tzion v'Yesu kol liavdecha v'Yidu lechol. We daven to say Olena with a little more kavana. The second half. He says that's what we have to real. That's what we have to try to do. To to act b'Simcha in our avodas Hashem in order to try to bring Hashem Simcha. And he quotes as the. Uh, the Magani Mezrich says, it's quoted in many svarim, Korot Feha Hisiguha Bein HaMetzarim, the Pasuk and Eicha, Korot Feha Hisiguha Bein HaMetzarim, literally, all of those who run after her, Yerushalayim, will catch her between the borders. Literally, it just means in dire straits. So this is where the language of Bein HaMetzarim comes from. Between the borders, the Pashas is talking about Yerushalayim. But says the Magani Mezrich, Korot Feha, anybody who runs after HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hisiguha, could capture, could capture Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachol and get close to him, Bein Hametzarim at this time, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu is out in the street crying. He's not in the palace anymore. He has no palace, so he's out crying Kaviyachol, and we have to do everything we can to try to to try to bring him back. So Bez Hashem, we should be over to Hashem always, if it's Hashem Besimcha as much as we can, and in that way, Bez Hashem bring Hakadosh Baruch Hu Simcha and Bizocha to the Geula Shlema.